This is Workflow, Episode 7. Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Tom. And I'm Brian. And we're the co-founders of Rindle, and this is our podcast, Workflow. Today we're talking about working from home. But before we get started with that, uh, let's talk about what's happening at Rindle or just in life. you have anything, Brian? Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of the same happening at Rindle right now, but um, I can say on, on a personal slash work uh I guess work aspect because I was searching and, and reading articles for work. Um, but yeah, stumbled on medium was reading some articles and realized that medium was paid now, um, which after researching a little bit happened about a year ago. So that was a little embarrassing. <laughs> um, but I'm not a huge medium reader. So I guess uh, I, that makes sense. I do remember um, just back in, you know, a couple of years ago, them trying to figure out their revenue model and they were talking about advertising and membership and things like that. I didn't realize that they actually decided to go membership. Um, they charge, I think, $5 a month to get access to certain content. Um, so yeah, so that was pretty uh, interesting. Yeah. And I think you have the option as like uh, an author to turn that on and off, I believe, right? Because I mean, I read uh, medium articles that don't have some sort of like limit to the number you can read. Yeah, I think they give the authors the ability to kind of put certain articles behind their paywall. Uh, and in return, based on how many claps they get, I think it is, um, they get paid a certain amount of money for publishing that content through Medium. Um, or they can choose to make it free. And it doesn't require to have a membership to read it. Interesting. Yeah, I remember um, several months ago, I had stumbled on a, a certain series that had like uh, audio recordings that went along with uh, the the articles. So it was just like someone like, I don't know if it was the author or someone else reading um, just literally the blog article. Uh, and those at the time you could only read or listen to like three of those before it like stopped you from being able to listen to another one. Um, but you could then just wait till the next day and listen to it. So it kind of, it kind of wasn't a big deal because like they were fairly long to begin with. So I didn't really want to listen to six in a day and that's how many there were in the series. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how this is going to uh, work out for them. I, I don't really think it's that big of a deal to wait, you know, to the next day so you can read more articles. Yeah. I tried to, I tried to find some like numbers on how it's doing, you know, any kind of revenue or anything like that. I couldn't find any info on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so who knows, but I I would say that it just seems odd to me just because, you know, obviously any author on the medium platform can basically put their content behind a paywall and charge for it essentially. Um, but that content could be what we would consider a standard blog post today, right? That generally is consumed for free. Uh, so the quality may not be there. It may not be a trusted author, and all these things. So um, I just think it's an interesting approach. I'm not sure how it's going to work out from that aspect, but for that reason, it's not that appealing to me. Yeah. It also is fairly easy to circumvent. Uh, You can just go incognito and just read more. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Just as a reminder, uh, if you have any questions, topic ideas, or team scenarios that you want us to tear down, uh, you can reach us at the voicemail number 860-577- 
1-800-242-2293 or the email address workflow at rindle.com. You can also leave us a review. Um, that's really going to help us kind of reach more people um, and obviously motivate us to keep on going. So we appreciate any kind of review you can leave on iTunes or whatever platform you're using. All right. So on to the main topic of the day, working from home, definitely a topic that's close to Tom and I's heart. I know this just because working in the past with Tom, we've had many conversations about working from home. We are a fully remote company ourselves in Rindle. Um, so I stumbled upon this article, kind of inspired the episode, uh, and this article was from Inc. Magazine. Uh, it was called Case Closed, Work From Home is the World's Smartest Management Strategy by Jeffrey James. You know, I mean, I remember Tom talking about this, you know, 10 years ago, probably at this point, um, when I guess working from home really started to come come to light, especially in some smaller companies. Um, and you know, it's now 10 years later, there's still articles being written about it. Uh, there's been books released and all kinds of craziness around this topic, but it's something that we've been talking about for a long time. Yeah, I think uh, actually we initially started talking about it. We both read the book uh, Remote um, by Jason Fried of 37 Signals. Yeah, that that's I think what kind of set the tone that, hey, th this really does seem like a smarter way to go about things, you know. Uh, we were both in New Jersey at the time, and uh, the commuting <laughs> commuting in New Jersey is just not not fun, especially when it's uh, a long commute. Uh, so, yeah, great. So, um, <laughs> all right. So, so in the article, there were a few points. Um, I think five main points that the article made, which I thought were interesting. Um, so, we're gonna kind of just go through those five points, touch on some stats and other things provided in, in the article, and then kind of chime in our own opinion. So the first one, the first point that was made in the article um, is that working from home raises employee productivity. So they gave this example um, of a Harvard Business Review study um, of this company, Ctrip, which is a Chinese travel site. And they found that people working from home completed 13.5% more calls than the staff in the office did. And that meant basically that Ctrip got almost an extra workday uh, a week out of the remote team. Um, so that was one piece of, of data they provided, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and they also cited a study from Gallup that found that uh, employees who work from home three to four days a week are 30%, 33% more likely to feel engaged uh, than employees who report to the office every day. And basically, they have some data around the fact that engaged employees basically are more productive and it boosts productivity if they're more engaged. I don't know, Tom, what are your thoughts about being more productive at home? So uh, first off, just those uh, two stats, like that, that first one about the Chinese travel site, I'd be curious just if um, people that are working from home are actually working more uh, than the people that work in the office in order to complete that, that percentage more uh, phone calls. Um, but at the same time, if you cut out commute time, you, you really can usually get like an extra, usually hour uh, in a day without like having to really, you know, commute. So I, I'd be really curious about that. I, I don't know if the article went into more detail about that. I don't think it did. It did because it was, seemed like it was an official study. So I'm sure they took some of those things uh, into account. Um, but that, that is a good point. I mean, obviously, if they're working more hours, um, but I could, I think it was, I would assume that it was hour for hour. Um, but the commute, commute time is a good point. Because if you're counting hour for hour, and somebody's in a car commuting to work, and you're making phone calls, and that's an advantage out of the gate. Yeah, absolutely. 
from my experience, I know as far as productivity is concerned, I definitely get more done working remotely. I remember my days working in the office um, compared to working from home. Sometimes I would work two or three days from home at, at that time. Then I was all the way up to four days a week at home. And working in the office, it, it's great socially uh, and interaction-wise because uh, you get to interact with other humans and all that stuff, but it is very distracting. So, I mean, I constantly had people coming up to my desk, pulling me into meetings, interrupting me. Um, it was every day. So it's just like a constant thing, especially the environment I was in, you know, as far as the energy, the kind of culture of the company, uh, it was not a quiet, very corporate environment. It was more of a creative, free environment, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that when I worked from home, I definitely got a lot more done, um, just, you know, probably just piece of work for piece of work if you compared it in a day um, than, work, than, you know, working in the office. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, easily it's easier to have distractions when you're in an office environment, especially the environment that we were in where it was, you know, like uh, lofted type offices um, where, you know, it's easy just to walk over someone and kind of distract them. Right. Like even if you might be, you know, head down in something like you still could get distracted uh, and start up a conversation. And then, and then, you know, there's that, there's that time involved with like, the cognitive time with starting something and, and stopping something, right. That you need to then re-engage in, in whatever you're doing. Yeah. I found another point too, like just from my experience also is like as a manager, when I had a team of like 10 people, when I was in the office and they were in the office, they would interrupt me a lot more um, mm -hmm. and ask me questions where normally if I was remote, they would either email me or communicate however the methods were in place at that time. Uh, if they had a real question, but a lot of times they would just take care of it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, whereas they see you, you know, they're kind of like, Oh, Brian, Brian's here. Let me go grab him and ask him. Right. Cause it's easier to get the answer directly from me than figuring it out on your own. But when you know, when you're not seen, right, then they're, they might go ahead and try to solve that problem on their own um, and kind of communicate remotely as a last resort, just cause they know it's going to take longer. Right. So they're not going to get their answer right away. So they might as well figure, try to figure out themselves cause you're going to hopefully get to that, that solution a lot quicker. I know personally, I, yeah, just as you said before, that you're more productive from them. I'm definitely more productive when I have to do something programming-wise, like something that re requires a lot of my attention. I'm definitely more productive at home. I can usually block off like a solid three or four-hour chunk in the morning or the afternoon to actually just focus on something, um, especially if we're tracking down a bug or, or dealing with a, a major issue. In, a, in an office environment, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to do that during normal business hours, right? So... I then have to either do it uh, from home if I wanted to really focus on it, or I'd have to wait, either do it early in the morning when the, the office is fairly empty or, or after people left, which I used to actually um, get in uh, around 7, 7.30 in the morning, uh, just so I could have an extra hour and a half or so before like the majority of people came into the office. Yeah, carving out that quiet time when you can get it. Yeah, it's it's pretty uh, pretty important. Just uh, another quick point about uh, employee productivity. Um, sometimes working from home is actually uh, does hurt productivity, uh, especially if you need to um, work with with a small team, like and you need access to a whiteboard. Like, no matter how good of tools that we have available, like nothing beats brainstorming in person or, or sitting down and, and really mapping something out in person. We run into that a lot, even uh, at Rindle, where, where it, it is a little more challenging talking about high-level topics and, and mapping out things uh, 
over the internet. In those scenarios, I, I think going to an office uh, even for a day or a couple of days is, is super beneficial. Yeah, I think the person who, I know there's virtual whiteboard technology out there already. Uh, they're typically more enterprise solutions, but if <laughs> whoever comes up with a really great solution to do that virtually for a small business, small, medium-sized business, I think is, it's going to be a winner. Maybe Google will do it. But it, it needs to feel like you're in the room, right? Right, it, right. It, that's the key. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I agree. And what's interesting, though, you and I are even in driving distance of each other. Mm -hmm. Right. We've even said a couple of times, oh, we should meet and like brainstorm this idea. But when it comes to it, like the the amount of planning and time spent traveling, because, you know, it's still a decent drive, probably an hour and a half in total each way. You mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, sometimes we're just like, oh, let's just meet online and, and we'll just talk about it. And, you know, we can draw it up or sketch it up virtually or and, you know, email it or, or share it on Slack or whatever it is to get the point across. Right. Or maybe it's a Google document. Um, so we end up using a lot of those tools, even though we technically could meet in person. Sometimes we, we should just because it's so convenient electronically. Uh, so the, the second main point that the article brings up is that it reduces attrition rates. So our article says that the cost of employee turnover is huge. Uh, it can cost up to two years of salary, assuming that you can find the right candidate to begin with. In the C-Trip study uh, that we mentioned before, the employees who worked from home reported much higher job satisfaction, and they quit half at half the rate of the people in the office. The article also mentions that it's easier to attract new employees, especially millennials. Uh, so, Brian, what, what do you think about about these points? Yeah, I think you know the flexibility that working from home offers uh, definitely makes for potentially a happier employee. I think some employees actually prefer not to work from home for various reasons and they have focus issues. They struggle to concentrate. I've heard all these things before, but I think overall, uh, especially if you have a long commute or anything like that, you're, you just feel like you're always wasting time and it's a struggle and you're you know, tired from just commuting and all those other things that come into play. Um, I think it definitely makes for a happier employee um, and the flexibility itself just, you know, is, you know, when you're when you're constrained to go into the office every day and it's a requirement, you're really limited during the week to what you can do. Mm -hmm. um, so I think with this day and age of two income households and, you know, obviously it's been going on for a long time with two income households, but it's definitely prominent and still here. And, you know, both, uh, especially in families, both parents are working or even if you're a couple and, and you know, both people are working in a household you know, it's just, you can't really get much done during a week. It's really tough. Um, so having the flexibility, I think, does make for, you know, a happier work environment. Yeah, uh, I, I actually have met a, a number of people who dislike working from home. They, they really like the office environment. Um, but in the same breath, uh, those same people I know typically do work from home like one one day a week or so just for the exact reason that you mentioned like it's it's really hard to have a good home environment and a good like home life if you are you know spending an hour on the train uh, each way and then uh, you so you don't see your kids in the morning you don't see them uh, or you barely see them at night and uh, by the time you're home you're pretty exhausted right from from just your work day and you can't really do anything that you might need to get done. So if you if you can work from home one, one day a week and, you know, uh, spend a little more time with the family and be a little happier, like, I, I think that's pretty important. Yeah, I think that's important to know, too. I think, I think some, especially if you're a manager or an owner of a company or something like that, looking at, oh, should we 
allow people to work remotely, you know, even one day a week could be a game changer for somebody. Sure. Um, you know, like if it's a Wednesday in the middle of the week and having that kind of hump day to not have to commute and be able to get a couple things done in the morning before you start your day or whatever it might be, um, is a huge factor for some people and could make that person's reflection on the job itself and the company that much better. I think it's just also just a matter of the, the types of the type of work that we're doing now can, can be done remotely, right? Like, so everyone has a laptop, everyone has the uh, needed uh, things in order to work from home that we, we don't work uh, in an office building where, you know, we need access to office building equipment, right, in order to get our job done. Actually, that that's uh, a relatively new thing, which is probably why uh, working from home is relatively new, right? Like our, our parents never had this option. Right. And even collaboration, like, you know, even hopping on video calls now, you know, you can actually see somebody, um, mm -hmm. you know, halfway around the world. So, you know, just that fact, it, it really, some in some cases, you know, meeting in person and all of those things is great. Uh, and a lot of ways is still needed um, for certain meetings or, or even if you have a remote company, getting together in person is important. Um, sure. But, you know, on the day to day, you know, a video call is a great alternative. Um, and if you look at all the hours spent, if you're commuting into an office and all the time saved, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is a lot of waste of time. Um, another article I found actually just talking about, you know, attracting new employees and things like that, you know, uh, especially millennials with that age group kind of, again, with the technology being prevalent uh, for that generation, um, being able to work out of their pockets and work from wherever they are, even in college and things like that. There was a, the article I found, uh, CNBC, uh, it was Richard Branson talking about three reasons you should let your employees work remotely. Um, there were two points in there that I thought were really supportive of this was, one, the demand for flexible work is rising in top talent in general. So it's just becoming more common and it's becoming more expected, uh, especially in a millennial generation. Um, I think that's a really good point. Uh, so adjusting to that as a company, you know, it will deter top talent. Um, you know, if that's a requirement where a lot of your uh, competitors are offering remote work and flexibility and you're not, it, it could definitely deter talent from your business. So in the end, it was, you know, really pointed out demand for, for flexible work is on the rise and top talent basically flocks to businesses that offer flexible work. Uh, so, you know, you're not doing yourself a favor compared to your competitors if they're offering flexible work environment and you're not, uh, it could definitely hurt you as far as acquiring top talent. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with the top talent thing. Like, uh, I, I think that people just will only look for remote positions. So if you're only looking at places that offer remote options, then, you know, uh, if you don't offer that, you, you're definitely going to be missing out and on, on those people. On, on top of that, I know that a lot of people actually become, at least in, in my industry, a lot of people become freelancers for this exact reason to, to be able to create their own hours, work from home, really have like a flexible schedule. Uh, not saying that work from home has to be a flexible schedule, but it definitely can be, right? You, you, you can uh, put in a couple more hours here, a couple less hours there, and as long as it evens out, as long as you get your work done. You know, I used to leave my house at 6 a.m. to get to New York City, right? Um, for basically, in the end, an 8.45 stand-up meeting, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, but between getting to the train and all this stuff, so, you know, just that in itself, let alone, like your point, you know, doesn't necessarily mean a flexible day, but that in itself would give me technically, you know, two and a half hours <laughs> of additional time that I can play with, right? When sure. I didn't have to commute. 
Um, and actually, that was a really good example of me having to commute every day at that particular job. I was commuting every day. They had a no remote work policy. Um, and it was absolutely exhausting. And, and to your point that you made before, I didn't see my kids and I, you know, didn't see my wife that much during a week. Um, and it was pretty miserable. One other point I think people don't like allowing remote work is because they feel like they don't have a pulse or control over what's going on. I think that's a big fear, but just from my own experiences and, you know, we were starting to promote remote work um, when I had my team and, you know, I always had, I was always open to remote work. So it was no big deal for me when I actually took over the team as, as an official team for project management team. You know, I basically told them straight out, like, Hey, we, we can, re you can work wherever you need to work. If, if that's at home, that's fine. If you have to be in the office, be in the office. Um, but I'm not going to keep a pulse on you. I can basically tell if you're working, you know, where, regardless of where you are. And I think, I think a lot of people or managers especially think, well, if I don't see them in the office, they're not working, or I don't know that they're working. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what everybody has to realize is that if somebody wants to slack off, they can slack off at home or they can slack off in the office. It really doesn't matter. So in the end, if you hire, again, good talent, uh, people that you trust, uh, and you can monitor how much work is getting done, whether they're remote or not, you know, you'll never be that in the dark as you think you are. Yeah, it seems to be a recurring theme or a recurring message that, that we keep bringing up. Like if you're a good manager, right, you, you should have an understanding of who's actually uh, doing work, right? We said the same thing with the time tracking episode that like, hey, you don't need to track time because you should pretty really know who's actually pulling their weight and who, who isn't, right? If, if that's the reason why you're, you're tracking time, like it's a poor reason to do it. Um, and same thing with this, like you'll know, you'll, you'll know who's working and who's not, and you'll have a good understanding of it. Yeah. And I, I basically told my team exactly that. I said, look, you know, if you're not used to working from home and you're having troubles, like talk to me, but I'm going to know if you're not, if you're slacking off, you know, and, and you'll hear from me if, if that's the case. And, you know, I, I trust you guys and, and go do what you need to do. And uh, one big point too is saying that, Hey, like, be where you need to be. Also, you, you have to look at both extremes, you know, just because you say, oh, we have a flexible work environment, you can work from home if you want, doesn't mean that, you know, you get to work from home whenever you want, even when it's required for you to be at a client site or be at the office, right? Because it does demand an in-person meeting and you've been asked to come in or whatever the situation might be. So, you know, like you still have to respect the work environment and what's going on and what the requirements are. And just because you get to work from home a couple of days a week or whenever you really can, um, you have to be respectful of what's going on and be responsible essentially and, you know, do what you need to do to get the job done. Absolutely. Great. So the third point in the article um, talks about how it lowers uh, facility costs. So when, when remote workers do come into the office, they typically demand less of the office space uh, where if they work every day in the office, they have a setup, a whole desk dedicated to them, right? A chair, all this stuff. Um, but if they're flexible and they kind of work remotely most of the time and come into the office occasionally, the demand for that space is much less. And also another point the article makes is that people who work remotely also take care of their own office furniture. So they buy, you know, they either have a desk or a space already set up uh, with the office chair and desk and equipment that they need in their own office. Um, so that's also an added benefit. It seems to make sense. I mean, we obviously being completely remote basically eliminate that 
office space need altogether, right? So working from home, uh, you, you do need a couple additional things, right? But uh, like a monitor typically uh, and keyboard and whatever else uh, at home. I mean, I prefer that, but it's my own. Uh, so I can say that, you know, at the agency that you and I worked at in New Jersey, um, remote work was driven a lot by space constraints in general, right? So, you know, the, it was a really cool space and a really cool building, but there wasn't a lot of opportunity to add onto it or anything like that. And the company was growing. So mm -hmm. part of what they did was, okay, well, let's have more people work remote. They even had another space at that, down the road, actually, that some people worked out of. Um, but so we don't have to worry so much about the space issue. Um, and they even put in some like longer desks that were almost like pseudo workstations, not really dedicated desks, but they're really impromptu areas that people can kind of squat and work for the day or work for a couple hours. And that was really just a flexible space. So I think from that aspect, it's in line with what the article is saying is because, you know, instead of having to worry about building another area or adding on or all of those costs involved with just having to require, you know, having to have a desk for every employee in a space, it does give that flexibility and does save some money in the end. Uh, it's actually really funny. Uh, uh, my wife and I watched this show, Catastrophe. Brian, have you seen seen the TV show before? Um, oh. it, it's it's a really pretty funny uh, TV show. You should check it out sometime. It's on um, Amazon Prime. Uh, but but anyway, j just the episode last night, they were talking um, about how they do this like Taco Friday thing at at the company, um, and it costs like you know a ton of money, but they do it in order to uh, lower uh, attrition rates, um, which is an office expense more or less in order to accomplish like something that, you know, uh, working from home actually uh, eliminates just by itself. Right. So you eliminate that office, uh, that office expense and you also eliminate the attrition <laughs> just by allowing working from home. I thought it was very uh, timely and funny that it came up. Why don't they have to pay for Taco Friday? Because if you don't have if you don't have a, a lot of people coming to the office, you're not going to have people coming in for Taco Friday. Oh, I thought. Oh, well, how is that lowering attrition? If nobody's going to it, then nobody's happy. You're not going to need it at all. You're not going to need it at all. Like the the point of it was that they're by they're increasing facility costs in in order to lower attrition, as opposed to decreasing facility costs and decreasing attrition. Oh, I, I see. I think you and I are off just because I don't look at food as being a facility cost per se. I, like I think of it as being the facility, the office, the got it. You know, the bathroom fixtures, the office space itself. The got kitchen, it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yes, I just, okay. uh, that's yeah. okay. I gotcha. just kind of took that as in a broader sense. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Okay. All right. Woo! Glad we sorted that out. Yeah. <laughs> The next point that they make is that it, it results in fewer sick days. So the article said that people tend to work from home even when they are sick, and they're also not spreading their illness and germs around to coworkers. I think that this is both a positive and a negative uh, of working from home. I, I think that you get sick and you almost feel obligated to work uh, when maybe you should actually be resting because then maybe you might get get better quicker, right? <laughs> but I mean, I've been there. I, I work from home when I'm sick all the time. And the second point's pretty spot on. I mean, you're definitely not getting other people sick. Yeah, I think, you know, as far as like people working from home, like, you know, I think if you're commuting, like I had a commute that was an hour and a half, I had to get on multiple forms of transportation. And so even if you're feeling a little off in the morning, 
you might be like, hey, you know what? I think I might take a sick day today. It's just, you know, not sure. worth it. Not that I have to go to the doctor, take medicine, or even possibly even have to rest. Um, but thinking about having to do all that and wearing me down uh, where I would, in that scenario, probably work from home and be able to deal with it, no big deal. But you're right. I mean, I think if you really are sick, some people probably do feel obligated and, you know, are not resting or not going to the doctor when they, because they, they feel like they should be working and they're home and they, people think they're not working or whatever it might be. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, but I, I think that, you know, for me, I definitely, you know, when I'm a little under the weather, certainly when I, I, I work when I'm remote, um, where if I have to do that big commute, I definitely have second guessed it where it's like, ah, maybe I should take a sick day because it's going to be a real, you know, real drag uh, to have to deal with that all day and drive home and all that stuff. So, but as far as the illness and things like that, I mean, I have, you know, had my team members and things like that who are really sick, who, you know, I'm just glad that we had that policy. Um, so people didn't feel obligated to come into the office, the opposite of what you're saying, basically, where well, I got to show face, I got to get into the office, right? I don't want to use a sick day. I only have this many, right? All those scenarios. Sure. So, you know, you end up coming in spreading germs and I've seen it over and over. I'm sure we all have. Everybody listening to this has, you know, seen this where, you know, somebody's sick, somebody catches it, right? Before you know it, it's spreading around the office um, and it's just terrible. So, I mean, I've seen it myself and, and one, one case, I remember, um, this one person I worked with, they had, uh, bed bugs in their house. And the first thing I thought was like, do not come in. Like I didn't, I, just the thought of that person coming in with possible bed, bed bugs, like on their clothing or something <laughs> like that, just skeeved me out. Right. So I was like, stay home for as long as you need to, uh, and we'll deal with it, you know, w when you're back. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do actually uh, wonder if there's ever been a study done about um, whether people who work from home get sick less, not a matter of like uh, results in fewer sick days, but actually get physically sick less. And I, I would, my guess would be, yes, they do get sick less because um, they're not being exposed to all the germs at the workspace, right? It's kind of like another version of daycare. Like anybody who has kids and who sends their kids to daycare you know, it's like an incubator yeah. and you basically have sickness flowing constantly. And it's, it's a version, a lesser version of that, but you're basically doing the same thing in an office, right? You're, you're getting a bunch of people together. You're sitting inside in, you know, air circulated indoor facilities, mm -hmm. um, talking to people, touching people, shaking hands. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree. I would say that I put money on the fact that uh, people get less sick at home. The, the other thing is that uh, I, I know that we don't really uh, have sick days or really track them at all. Like, uh, and I, I don't think that probably most people that um, have remote workers really, really need to do that. Right. I, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy, but I think uh, a couple of the jobs I've worked at, like you were allowed like three sick days a year um, <clears throat> and they actually track them. But like, I mean, you can't, you can't really help it. Right. Like sometimes if you're sick, you're sick. And uh, well, that's why a lot of times too, they'll give you sick days. Um, and then, you know, if you use beyond that, right, you're, you're now using into your vacation day. Vacation right? days. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, sure. um, but I mean, the whole purpose of a sick day also is that, you know, like you can take that day because you are sick and take the time off of work and go to the doctor or do what you got to do sure. to get yourself better. Right. So even in a remote scenario, um, those still apply in some ways, in my opinion, just because, you know, you're still going to want to potentially take off work, even though you work remotely and say, Hey, by the way, I'm not working today. You won't see anything from me today. And I'm going to take the day off because I'm sick. I'm going to the doctor and taking care of business. 
Um, so yeah, our policy, uh, you know, we don't really have a stringent policy uh, for vacation and sick days and things like that. But depending on the policy, I think that's why those things are generally in place. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. So um, the last thing in the article uh, was the fact that it reduces payroll costs. Um, so the article basically said the average worker will take an 8% cut in pay when allowed to work from home. I'm going to say right off the bat, I'm not sure I, I completely agree with this one. So I, I thought this was an interesting point, though, because I, I was waiting for this one because I wanted to kind of chime in. But I think that I, I've never heard of anybody that I've known or worked with say, hey, if I could work from home, I would take a pay cut. I've never heard anybody say that. Yeah, I, but, I'd agree with that. Right. But I think it definitely probably would be the case where somebody might you know, pass on a raise or forego a raise, say, Hey, if you give me more flexibility, if you give me three days a week from home, you know, I won't take a raise this year. Right. Or something like that. I could see that going, but as far as like taking a decrease or cut in pay, I've never heard of that. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I can't even imagine that would ever be asked of an employee uh, just for working from home, like to get an, to take an 8% pay cut or, or any pay cut. Um, I, I think that potentially you if it's between a job that doesn't allow any remote work and a job that does allow remote work like I might take eight percent less like as a base salary right like if like maybe right like uh depending on what the salaries are and yeah like if you're community. coming into a job and you're applying to a new job then yeah that's a personal decision you're making yeah totally agree with that yeah, but if, uh, the way it was worded in the article, at least, it sounded like they were saying, well, if they're allowed to work from home, they'll take a cut, which is basically saving the, the company money. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I guess you could look at it from a hiring perspective as well. So, yeah, I could see that side of it. Yeah. Um, I think the other point worth mentioning, too, is if you are hiring remote talent, right, and it's not just allowing your current employee base or local employee base to work from home, but you are actually hiring remote talent, um, you know, this is a whole other topic probably, but just the fact that, potentially you're hiring based on the cost of living in that area, mm -hmm. um, you know, which could essentially be a lesser salary or more expensive salary, depending on the area. Um, but that comes into play too, with just hiring remote people in general. And is, and it, although it's for another topic, but uh, it's an HR nightmare to hire a bunch of people remotely. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely another topic. <laughs> that could be maybe a couple episodes. It's yes, <laughs> not pleasant. But, but yeah, so there are some considerations, I guess, depending on how you define remote, whether that be you know, a current situation where everybody's in the office and you're now making this new policy of where people can now work from home. Um, a certain amount of time, or if you're actually hiring remote employees where, you know, like us, we're a completely remote company. Everybody works from their own homes uh, in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Um, so yeah, it's just two different, uh, probably challenges, sets of challenges in that, but um, probably why it justifies another episode. Sure. I think uh, while we're talking about this, uh, I think it is important to to note the other, the flip side of this is that um, although this article uh, mentions all of these good points, uh, about uh, a year ago, um, IBM shut down their work from home, which had a lot of people saying like, oh, it's the end of work from home like for everyone. And uh, I, I personally don't think that's true. I, I know a lot of people that still get to work from home and, and uh, or if they only got to work from home like a couple of days, they've gotten to work from home a little bit more and it's slowly almost ramping up. Um, and I think that it ended at IBM because uh, their 
an extremely large corporate company and upper management felt as though they could not um, track things properly that in in my opinion at least so so you're saying when IBM did that you're saying there was buzz around the industry and in general saying oh IBM's doing this that's the end of remote work in general for business because it's going to kind of trickle down from them the trend exactly yeah because because ever since IBM did it everyone's like now like oh well IBM doesn't allow it like we shouldn't allow it either you know like, uh, because like IBM found that it was bad for their employees, um, for whatever reason or whatever, for however they were tracking it or however they, um, decided to, uh, evaluate that it was good or bad. Like they determined that it was not good. Right. For IBM. Yeah. This, is a, uh, I recall that I, I don't have the exact information though. I could maybe look it up and link it in the show notes, but, um, Yahoo, when they appointed the new CEO, I don't know how long ago that was, but mm-hmm. similar situation happened where that new CEO came in and basically said, no more work, you know, no more remote work, period. We're done. Um, I'm not sure when that, it was probably a few years ago when that happened, um, but similar situation, IBM. Cool. All right. So let's move into some tips for taking action. I think the first thing is just to, you know, give this an experiment. Like if you don't currently allow working from home, whether it's your company you own, whether you're a manager, you know, give it a shot, start small, uh, see how it goes, you know, maybe start with a small team or, uh, you know, whatever feels comfortable for your organization and just to give it a shot. You know, if you are worried about like seeing the effects, well, we do want to try to measure does working from home actually help in these ways? You know, mm-hmm. um, try to try to figure out ways to measure productivity and the quality of work being produced, um, how happy employees are, sick days taken, and all this stuff we talked about today. Um, try to come up with ways to measure that so you could do a test, right? So uh, say, okay, we're going to try this for two months. Let me actually track this set of employees that are working from home, whatever it is, the amount of days you set, um, and see if you can compare to what it was like before and after. Definitely agree. I think that you can definitely start small with it. Uh, one day a week remote uh, for different teams um, and just see how it goes. I think the, the other tips for taking action is I, I had mentioned at the beginning, uh, but the, the book Remote uh, is definitely worth a read. It's by Jason Fried and uh, David Hansen. And it, it's, it's really like, it was written several years ago, I think, uh, but it's still completely relevant and, and very effective. Yeah, I think it was written back in 2013, I want to say. Yeah, was that their second book? They had um, rework before that, I think. Rework was before that, yeah. So, yeah, this was their second book. But so it was about five years ago. And, um, yeah, definitely stands today. You know, they, they have built their whole company around this concept. Uh, so, they have some really good points they make, I think, and have some interesting insight. So definitely uh, worth a read if you haven't uh, picked it up before. Yeah, and the other thing is if, if, you, if you are starting to implement it or, or have been doing it for a while and you see people that um, you think are being less, less effective, like uh, head, head that off before it becomes an issue, right? Like definitely have a conversation with them. Like um, sometimes people are pretty, pretty open to explaining their situation or, or maybe you don't realize like, what they're they're working on or um, the fact that they're not on slack doesn't necessarily mean they're not actually working so 
Yeah. And for some people, you know, I brought this up earlier as well, but you know, it's, it may not be a fit for certain people. Sure. Um, so it also, you know, don't force it on people. Um, you know, definitely open it up if you want to give it a shot. Uh, if somebody says, Hey, you know, I'm really not interested in that. I like coming to the office every day. That's just what I do. Um, you know, respect that. Uh, you know, if you're not a fully remote company like ours, like, you know, we would take that in consideration hiring an employee, right? So if so, somebody was looking for a job at, at Rindle and we're a remote company and said, you know, well, I really like to come to an office every day, it's really not a fit. So, yep. you know, it's same thing if you're, you know, running a team or whatever it might be, it may not be a fit, kind of just listen, hear what's going on and, and adjust accordingly, but it, don't force people into it. Uh, and you probably have better results overall anyway, because the people who are into it, um, either maybe they work from home, they have experience doing it, they know what it's like, they know they can do it, or they're willing to give it a shot. Well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call into our voicemail number at 860-577-2293, or you can email it to us at workflow at Our theme music is an excerpt from Thunder Rock by Magic Studio, used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Workflow, and visit rindle.com slash workflow dash podcast for a full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.